This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, 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 and welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. It's me, PB, and I'm joined again by Pat. It's been a couple of weeks, Pat. Hell of a lot has happened since we spoke. I think it was just after the opening game, wasn't it? Our last podcast, because um, we played Palace at on the Monday night and I flew to Santorini um, at like 3am that morning, so I didn't sleep after that Arsenal game. I decided that I wouldn't be able to um, properly settle after the game and, and get any time. So I just saw it through and went a full stupid amount of hours without sleeping. But had a good holiday. Pat wasn't able to rope in any of the old gang whilst I was away. So apologies I for wasn't, that. You know what? The uh, Monday, Saturday crept up on me. It really compressed for the week, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And um, yeah, I mean, we won't talk about the the Palace game too much because that's so long ago now. But obviously a solid win with lots of discussion points and that, which I'm sure people already have plenty of time to, to talk through. We then had the Fulham game, which obviously has generated a lot of discussion. And I think rather than talking about the game itself, Pat, we'll maybe touch on some topics that have come out of that and discussion points that have come out of it because mm. I'm mindful as well that we're nearly a week on from from that Fulham game. We've got the Champions League draw that at the time of recording it hasn't happened yet. Um, and of course, it's deadline day tomorrow. And as we've seen before, lots of things can change. Even though it's deadline day for us tomorrow, one of the topics we'll talk about will be Gabriel. And... Um, I believe the Saudi clubs have an extra two weeks, which I think it's three weeks. <laughs> three weeks. Considering all the extra money they have and seeming advantage on that front doesn't seem particularly fair. You know, it's not only Arsenal that could be affected by this. There's lots of talk with with Salah and and going there and even Canate I've seen this morning. So it's got the potential to ruin a few people's seasons. But 
Should we start there then, Pep? Because I guess the first thing that related to that Fulham game was probably, I think most people were hoping that with Zinchenko coming back and Man United on the horizon, we might have seen, and Tomiyasu, of course, suspended, um, we might have seen both Gabriel and Zinchenko come in for that Fulham game. Were you expecting that? Were you surprised when they weren't? What's your read on that situation at the moment? I mean, <clears throat> I think I've had a few debates with JB about this, but anyone who thinks it's tactical at this point has probably lost their mind, right? Um, there's just no way in how a player goes from, I think it's 73 starts in a row, Ollie, or something like that, mm. to three games in a row at the bench. Um, added to that, the weirdness of him coming on and getting the captain's armband at the Palace mm. game... Do you think just, that just the fact think... that there's just too much, there's just way too much smoke? Um, yeah, without I've reflected on the cap- captain bit. Do you think? Do you think there's any chance that was a player decision just to do that? It's, it's hard to know. If 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 Arteta's suppose... leaving him out, why would you do that? Well, I suppose what what's happened before each of the seasons that Arteta's been here is we've had like a captain and then vice captains. And last season it was last season it was Odegaard, uh, Xhaka, and Gabriel Jesus, right? Those were the the deputies to Odegaard. I don't think we've had it like officially announced this year as who it is. And I know I, I'm not like reading anything into that, but I do think it is quite strange when you think about just how controlling and meticulous Mikel Arteta is he would have been thinking about the kind of hierarchy of of the and maybe he's thinking about it um to 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 do that when when the window closes right I do I do think it was a bit strange um but then you might say who else would have got it um and I suppose it, it kind of made made sense for him to get it I I just think the entire situation is and I had some debates with people on, on Twitter about this, people being like, oh, maybe it's club-driven, it's player-driven. Like, the Saudi clubs aren't dumb. They're not going to pursue a player who isn't interested in them joining. So I'm not saying he wants to go there, but he's left the door ajar at the very least. And I, I, I strongly think Arsenal want to keep him for obvious reasons. I think Timber's injury is the most obvious one. I think the fact Arteta rates him really highly probably more highly than most fans do uh, as well i've seen some talk about like well if we can get 80 million for him and buy guayhi for 50 million that'd be fine it's not a big downgrade or whatever i think arteta really rates gabriel highly i think if you combine those two facts it just is such a strange situation and i just I, i do think it is not on footballing matters at all. I mean, the thing that really consolidated that for me, Ollie, and, and I don't know if you, you agree with this, but I looked at the heat map um, that Kirill had in the Fulham game and looked at the heat map that Gabriel had at Anfield away, where he basically man-marked Salah for a lot of the game out wide. And they're basically the same. And Kirill didn't really cross the halfway line. I just don't really understand why... Gabriel couldn't have played that role. Um, yeah. And so that's that's what made it even... that I was of this opinion two games in, three games in, I'm like, there's just no chance it's football-related. Yeah, I agree. I think with every game, 
you try and find justification, but with every game that passes where he's not involved, it's um it seems to get less and less likely. And I think, as you say, it's it's almost certainly not the case now. I think the United game, if he doesn't start that one, it's uh it's absolutely definitely not tactical because I guess the only argument still remaining is he feels I I I personally agree with what you say there. He could have done the Kivio role at Fulham. The only thing someone could say is he needs Dinchenko to be fully fit to get Gabriel back inside. Is what's going to be why? interesting though, Pat? Is why is the reason for that? Yeah, I don't fully agree, but I guess what people will say is Kivio's played as defensive midfielder. He played. I know he didn't in the Fulham game, but we saw him in preseason play higher up really do the sort of Zinchenko role in that Nuremberg game. You know, you couldn't imagine Gabriel doing that. So whether Kivior didn't execute what Arteta wanted him to do in that game, I don't know. I don't think so, but I guess that's I've the one remaining argument. talk about this, right? And I just don't think there should be any issues in build-up against Forrest and Fulham at home, no matter who no. Arsenal wheel out onto the pitch. Like, I genuinely... And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating here. If we played Cedric at right-back, I don't think we would have had issues building up against Fulham or Forest. Both teams were we so, might be so soon because he's still here. <laughs> it's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday to him. Um, oh. Podcast favourite. Um, yeah, I guess the United game, though, will be... Because Zinchenko is going to play, right, when he's fully fit. He has to. And he'll start against United. I think he, he has to. Yeah, and then you can't play part at right back if you're no. playing Zinchenko left back. So, so White goes back to right back. Saliba goes right right centre back. So then he's gonna to have to play Gabriel or he's gonna start Kivior as the left centre back. If he starts Kivior as a left centre back or in that battle, Yeah, you know, if he does one of those two ahead of Gabriel in the back four, then that's a hundred million he can't claim it's tactical because it's last <laughs> year's back four, you know. Yeah. Where, yeah whereas yeah. the these last three games there's, there's a tiny argument remaining where you could say, well, it's a slightly different shape. We're going from the right. I see it like this, whatever. But once Sinchenko s- comes back, there's none of that. I have a feeling that it might be Tommy Asu at right back with White at right centre back, Saliba at left centre back and Sinchenko at left back. Mm. Um, but it's the only so reason I say that is because I, I'm, just, I'm just completely certain that it's not football related and... Mm. Maybe, maybe the um, maybe the window closing changes that, right? Maybe yeah. Arsenal internally say like we're not even like maybe they've said to Gabriel, look, like if it happens, which there's a one percent chance that it happens, it happens on our terms and like during our window, so that we can get a, a, a replacement. Yeah, it won't happen after that. And now look, like the player might go on strike. There might be other things that happen. You know, at some point you. you your your hand is forced, but maybe Arsenal say that, and then he plays, and and it's and it's done until January or next year, right? But I, I I do think that he will persist with him on the bench. I I hope he doesn't because I I really like Gabriel. I really want him to play. One of the things that I think about is Tommy Asu had a really good game against Rashford last season, and. Mm. Rashford played out wide, I believe, against Forrest in the last game with um, with Martial up front. And so I'm thinking maybe you do that with Ben White at right centre-back. Um, 
Saliba at left centre back with Zinchenko at left back. I, I in the I was at the game, the Palace game, and a lot of the warm up Saliba was practicing um, the ball coming towards him on his left side, and I do think we'll see him a lot more in those kind of central positions or left side positions as well. Um, you know, the one where he made the tackle on IU, that that kind of channel I see I think we'll see a lot more of him this season. Um but I do I do think there's a possibility that 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 will be the, the back four. Just quickly on Gabrielle as well. I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, you know well, you know, if if we if Salah goes there then what can we how can we possibly keep Gabriel? I think there's a there's a slight difference, right? Um when you think about a player like Mo Salah, and I think I've butchered this a little bit, but Mo Salah can go to Saudi Arabia next year if he wanted to, right? He's always gonna have that interest because he is probably the most high profile Muslim player in in the world, right? And his brand in the Middle East, in uh, Muslim countries is like massive. Everyone knows that. Um, for a player like Gabriel, right, this might be his only chance, right? They they could easily, like the Saudi clubs could easily go for another, you know, prime age, talented centre-back. There's links to Marquinhos, you know, you mentioned Canate. There's no reason it can't be Virgil van Dijk next summer or whatever, you know? And so I do have a, there's not a sour taste, but like the feeling of maybe stopping one of your players having generational wealth, if it's their only opportunity to go, I think that could cause a bit of friction for us internally. And I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's 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 a wrong hunch. But I mm. think with Liverpool, they could sit down with Salah and be like, look, like you're getting 400k a week here. You can go get 4 million a week next year and you'll still get the same length contract. It will be good. And he'll probably be fine with that. With Gabriel, if you're telling him like, look, we're we're stopping you getting 10x your salary and next year you might not get that offer. I think that's, there's a bit of friction there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't read in too much as to what we see on the pitch, but we, we have to say that in that cameo against Palace, he seemed very much uh, mentally in the game and, and did very well. And, you know, Arteta praised him and it's so hard, isn't it? We don't know. It does seem like, you know, there's a lot of smoke around the Saudi stuff, but we've known in the past Arteta disciplined things internally. He's left out Aubameyang when he's been our star man for a couple of games. You just don't know. And I guess if it's a non-footballing matter, as long as he's not actually sold, then there needs to be an expiry on that, whether it's a punishment for something that we're not we're not aware of, or as you say, whether it's the window closing that changes it. Ultimately, we need him, you know, there's not a defender that that does the things he does for us. Um, and I think he's definitely been missed in both boxes already with some of the goals we've conceded, but also some of the lack of threat. We've we've had a lot of possession in our first three games and I'm not sure the amount of corners, but it feels like we've had a lot of corners and just from the amount he scored from corners before, I feel like he will, probably would have got a goal from one of them. I think I tweeted this as well, right? Like, um, I just don't understand, you know, like a lot of people have been taught. I think I, I, I mentioned, I tweeted something about us losing the league because we've 
we conceded too many goals, um, not because we didn't score in it many and people were like, well, we overperformed our XG, yada, 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 all that kind of thing, a lot of which I do understand. But I do think, by, yeah, by taking Gabriel at the side, you're losing at least three to five goals a season, which is percentage-wise, like, you know, 5% of your goal output, which is which is not good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as as you've said, I think Arteta likes me, wouldn't want to be doing this, so... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I really, you know, there's no way we can, we, I know we both feel that we need a, another defender anyway, which we'll come on to, but, you know, were we to lose him as well, there's, you know, we're talking with sort of like 24 hours left in the window. It's, there's no way we can, we can go into this season happy if we were to lose Gabriel and sign We'd need two serious defenders out of nowhere. And it's a very special defender. You know, we are predominantly a technical side, but Gabriel's won us a lot of points, as you said, through his goals, through his battling, defending, in games where we've been up against it, periods like that Palace game in the final 10 minutes. You know, we need a defender of that ilk, I feel, if we were to lose him. And we, you know, as good as Saliba is, he's not that type of defender even. You know, we don't have another player like that and we'll talk about players out shortly but we've let a lot of the players who we said well maybe we'll have to turn to them go um so it doesn't look like we'll be doing that which is good really but the the other thing about it ollie is if this happened at the start of the window then maybe you could have tried to go for a guardio or uh yeah is it luke lukeba that that replaced him at leipzig but i just Right now, like who the hell would you get? It'd be, mm. it'd be very difficult, wouldn't it? Mm. Well, let's talk about stay on the defence and let's let's presume Gabriel sticks around, um, which I, I still think he will. Do you think? Do you think he'll be here, Pat, after the three week deadline? I think so, but I I I think there is a I think there is a reasonable chance like not I think that like a lot of people are like there's a very very unlikely chance that he goes but I don't know if it's that unlikely right I think if we suddenly have interest in the next 24 hours in a 50 million pound plus mm, mm. top defender that's going to change how we all think about it Absolutely even though we you know we both feel that we could probably do that anyway as as we said but um yeah let's see i mean in defense there's been there's been a lot of change in the squad in recent weeks anyway tierney's finally gone um only on loan how do you feel about that deal pet i know he's got we would have liked to get some good money in for him but i believe he's gone for a sort of all his wages covered by sociedad which is interesting because i think their next highest paid is like nearly half what tierney's on yeah, I'm surprised they're going for it. Like yeah. paying him like six, seven million euros a year, and then they're paying a are they paying a two million euro loan fee as well or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. So they're basically paying eight million euros to have him for a season. Now maybe that means they'll get him a a discount next season. But isn't it crazy that no Premier League club would take that deal? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I think it is, but. I think we got really unlucky in that you've seen Villa are slightly strapped for cash after spending a fair bit. They're selling quite a lot of their youth 
players to um to, to comply with ffp there was rumors of like city a while ago wasn't there um that obviously mm. never materialized i always thought that was kind of paper talk um newcastle went for hall yeah New- newcastle went for hall i was kind of surprised maybe chelsea didn't go for him i know that's weird but they're now playing in a back five i think that kind of could kind of suit him either playing left center back or left wing back but that never materialized west ham were linked but i think there's a lot of conflict between is it moisen their sporting director even though they let um who's their left back go um judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That guy with the whipped left foot. They've only really got Emerson now, and then they've still got... Uh, the dude that can play both flanks. I forgot. Cresswell, do well. you mean? Cresswell, yeah, he's he's on strike or something, isn't he? Or he's left. So I was surprised that West Ham didn't go for him. But again, they've spent quite a lot of money, and they're obviously I trying to replace if... the middle. But I, I, I think we just got unlucky a little bit. Yeah, I wonder how much his player influence as well, because obviously, Sociedad are in the Champions League. Tierney, I did read his interview. He did say claimed to have a lot of options, and that he posted for this one. So Odegaard spoke very highly of the club. Um, it's obviously Monreal that's that's played for both clubs as well, and and maybe he, because you know the likes of Forrest are playing are paying those wages now. So you know Forrest are interested in Tavares. I'm sure they would prefer someone like Tierney, but the player probably doesn't want to drop his profile that much, and he probably mm. he maybe sees playing in this in the elite competition. He probably pushed for for that himself you know Newcastle it seemed like a lot was happening there in the background that was going to be a Champions League club as well that didn't materialize and maybe maybe it's more from the player's point of view that because you know it took a lot for him to leave Celtic and if he ended up on loan at Nottingham Forest or you know permanently at a team like that I don't think he would have enjoyed that and I don't think he sees himself at that level and I don't think he is that level it's just interesting that no one, no one's offered money, or maybe Arsenal are saying we need thirty million to sell him permanently, and and no one would get close to that. Well, that's maybe why the, the Celtic link was quite strong as well, because they are in the Champions League, right? And maybe mm. his prerequisite was like, I want to play in the Champions League. I think you know, for him going to somewhere like Villa would have been a pretty good move like Newcastle as well would have been a great move I know Villa aren't in the Champions League but they do have European football he's worked with Emery before I just think we got a bit unlucky I know there there were links to Dean Luca Dean going to Saudi like they never really materialized I think if a couple dominoes fell our way we would have got a fee for him I'm not too worried about this one because he's got He's got two years left in the summer, and I think we can, you know, if all the wages are covered and we're getting a loan fee, then, you know, we can probably get, you know, a 15 to 20 million fee next season and kind of move on from that. Um, he, he's not really the outbound that I'm too annoyed about in terms of not getting a fee. Mm. Who's that? I mean, I, I, 
aren't we loaning Nuno Tavares and he's got two years left on his reel? Yeah, it's weird reporting that, that because yeah. a couple of weeks ago, it seemed Fabrizio Romano seemed to say Forrest wanted permanently and then it seemed to break down because the player didn't want the move is, is what he reported. And now he's going there on loan. So it's, it can't have been accurate what was being reported because, well, unless the player says, I don't want to sign a five-year contract with this club, I guess. He may have said, may have pushed for that. But again, yeah, it feels like we should have, you know. No disrespect to Nuno, but there are better players playing at Forest than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Morton Gibbs-White is a, is a very good player. Like, Awanee, There's so from... many intricacies, yeah. isn't there? He might have wanted a relegation release clause of five minutes or something and they wouldn't wouldn't do anything like that you know there's lots of things behind the scene I would say on Tavares he only cost us seven million um I think Marseille paid two million for the loan last year Forrest paying two million for the loan this year he'll come back with a year left and I think we might have a plus one as well so in terms of turnover for that transfer and I think this deal is going to have was it a 12 million um option to buy so whether they take that option is a is another question. But I do think in a back five, um, given that license to go, he could do enough to um to potentially end a permanent move there. I mean, they've spent more than twelve million on questionable players as well, haven't they? So we'll see. He's the type of player I think the fans could really get behind as well, because he's quite um And they play wing backs. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a wing back, you know, he started that Marseille known really really well and Marseille obviously competing towards the top of the league so yeah we'll see wish him all the best the same with Tierney you know it's in everyone's interest for the loans to go well um, and then that leads us on to Balogun who's finally gone um, this one's permanent but again it's in our interest Pep for that to go quite well because it's been reported we've got a a 17.5% sell-on fee and I think the fee's around $35 million inclusive of that add-ons. I mean, again, we would have hoped for a bit more at some stages, but it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's a he's an academy player, so no cost has generated a huge fee for us once again after a Wobie, Willett, et cetera. And as well as he did in France last year, he had a, a mixed spell at Borough and no one wanted to buy him really after that. We didn't have any serious offer after that we nearly lost him for free the year before so there's two ways to look at this you know people on the other side will look at Mudrick's fee and um you know other young players who've moved this summer for more money Cole Palmer now is going for for over 40 million and compare that but where do you stand on this as a as a good or bad deal for Arsenal I think it's a good deal I mean I think the fees touted for, you know, I think some people mentioned Gordon and Palmer, but they have been Premier League to Premier League. Mm. And I think if Arsenal did sell Balogun to a Premier League team, we would have got more money than that, right? I think if we sold him to Fulham or Villa or West Ham, we probably would have gotten 40 plus million and a sell on. Why um, do you think, just just side note, why do you think we're not selling to any Premier League? I mean, we sold trusty Sheffield United who were promoted, but we've had some pretty good players that would serve purpose for 
for many Premier League clubs. And as you've already mentioned, you know, plenty of clubs could have done with Tierney. Um, I know Tavares is going on loan now, but we've not seemed to use the Premier League market well as a from a selling point of view, considering how much we've bought from that market. Maybe they don't want him playing against us two times a year. And maybe they definitely didn't want him playing against us for a big team. Mm. Right. Um, I, I I just think there must be something there. I, I personally think that he really just wanted to go start somewhere. Mm. I think that he wanted to go play for a, a Monaco, a Fulham, where there might only be a striker or there's, you know, in Fulham's case, they've just sold Mitrovic. There is no striker apart from Jimenez, right? And maybe he just wanted to go and play. And I think that's fair enough, right? And you kind of have to respect the player's wishes to some extent. I'm sure if Arsenal had their way, they would either sold him to... Chelsea for 70 million or sold him to Villa for 45 or West Ham for 40 million. But maybe he looked at all those teams and said, well, unless I'm guaranteed to start, I don't think I want to go. And I basically think that's what's informed it. We then had, you know, Monaco, who's basically been the front runner since the news came out. And um, that's where he's ended up. And he's, he's going to start there, right? It's a league he, he's already been at. He probably feels confident he's going to score goals there. Monaco feel confident he's going to score goals there because he's, he's done it and they don't mind paying a big fee for that. And so, yeah, and Monaco are in and around the, the top half, pushing on European places pretty regularly in Liga. So it's a jump up for him. And with uh, the big World Cup in the States on the horizon, I think that's maybe where he'll be until then. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I want him to do well, maybe not maybe not too well um, in that I don't want him coming back to, yeah, Premier League club and, and doing really well right at the top of the game. But I think it's uh, very good to get that sell-on clause in because I don't think he's the type of player that would stay at a club for too long, no matter how he's doing. You know, if it, if it doesn't go particularly well, he'll want to, create a new environment for him to, to flourish in. If it goes really well, I'm sure he'll be looking to jump up a level again. And and really, for from a sell-on point of view, Pat, it might be the best place for him because it's a weaker league. Um, you know, he could have stayed in the Premier League and done very well at a club like Fulham, but equally, he could have gone to a Fulham, not scored for a few games, not be in the team, be in and out the team, and his value drops quite quickly, so... Yeah, we could generate another, what, 10 million if he was to go for 45, 50 million. Yeah, Monaco don't, don't, don't sell cheap, do they? No. Um, so it's, it's a good, good thing for us. Yeah. I mean, we've, from my calculations, we've raised about 70 million from sales and loan fees, roughly. Um, I think Arsenal would have hoped to get a little bit more. There's still players with 24 hours left that need stuff sorting. We've got Rob Holding links to Mallorca, incredibly. Um, that, I'm guessing that will end up being a loan again, but it'd be nice if we could get, what, 5 million or something there. I did look, they signed someone for about 8 million this summer, so they're not. Was that Marici? Uh, yeah, maybe. Rings a bell. Um, so let's wait and see. I, I've not seen reports whether it'll be a loan or permanent yet yeah. got Pepe that looks like it's heading towards a yeah 
or the termination. Lacombe are amazing. Is three, there is three weeks left of the, the Saudi window, right? Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, Lacombe amazingly has had nothing. I mean, again, we talked about the players' influences. He must have had some sort of approaches from decent clubs, and I just wonder there if he's holding out for a higher level than than is on offer because you know he can be a good player. He's just not gonna be Arsenal, Arsenal standard, and doesn't really suit the system we play. So we've not seen any of him at all as well. Because you know we did see last preseason him play in that that role Jacker made his own a lot and actually do quite well in preseason there. So you wondered if, given the change and no one's really cemented that left eight roll down, whether he would come back in this preseason and have a chance. But he's been completely out in the cold, so. I'm sure something happens with him. Probably ends up going on loan to Burnley. But what was I find linked to was there a link to Galatasaray? Yeah, we seem to always be our players linked to Turkey, and they never and they never go, go apart no. from Lucas Torreira or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. But what I find frustrating is how we can only loan, like on the day that Forest are going to loan Tavares, they sign some guy for 15 million as their right wing back, um, Maria or something. It's like. Why is it us that can only get the loan? Are we being viewed as, yeah, the club that you can just loan from because they're so desperate to get them out? We can use our funds on other players. And I feel like that's going to end up happening with Lukonga when really we should have sold him at the start of the window for 15 million or whatever. Um, the same could be said for Tierney, Tavares, etc. But look, we've got Cedric as well, which I tweeted yesterday. Rumours are he's hiding and turned his phone off. Um, he's desperate to stay, by all accounts, it seems. And he probably thinks with all these injuries and seemingly no one coming in that he might have a chance. Um, and then the only other player on on my list was Oconquo or Hein. You'd expect one of them to go and the other to stay as the choice for the season. I know there was reports of Oconquo going permanently. Well, presumably... Um... Because Hines been in the squad, that kind of writing's on the wall there, right? You'd think so. I know there was a lot of reports of Conquo permanent move earlier in the summer, but you know, everyone's seasons have started now. They'll have a keeper, you'd think. So maybe they're waiting for yeah, someone to I, get injured or I was thinking about that, like you get a striker last minute. Do you get a goalkeeper? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I guess, you know, with all the potential options, someone's keeper's gonna get a few months injury or something maybe that's what they're waiting for but we've literally got a day so yeah it's going to be interesting Runison's gone hasn't he he's gone on loan gone to Cardiff he's gone on Cardiff he's gone to Cardiff on loan so he basically got a Quanquo he's got two years left on his deal doesn't want to go on loan apparently Um, holding Pepe Laconga Cedric so far isn't it Pepe holding Cedric and Laconga are all training at a separate time to the rest I've just seen so I think that's the four the club will hope to put out. Let's talk quickly, Pat, about incomings. I mean, there's nothing really floating around. How how do how would it make you feel firstly if if nothing happens from an incoming point of view? I'd be thinking Mikel Arteta better trust Raw Waters then. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, we never learn, right? If we go into the season with six defenders again. And, you know, one gets injured 
You're another injury or a suspension. We've already basically had it, right? Tommy Asu yeah. got suspended. And we're but basically. Tommy Asu and Zinchenko where... can't stay fit either. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we've looked at party at right back. Doesn't really work, right? Like, I think you can get away with it, but I don't I think, think it's one of those that we can do in game, like an in game sub. Yeah, if you're chasing but, a game, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to be starting within there for five games in a row. No, and look, like, I think. Didn't Pep do it with Bernardo Silva at the Emirates and then never did it again? He did it for like two games and then he did it at the Emirates and was like, no way. I'm hoping that it won't take us getting beaten or like battered for a half down that side for him to be like, oh, yeah, this doesn't work. Um, I'm 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 very nervous about the defensive side of things. Like, I always am. I was last season, Nolly, uh, where we were like, everyone was talking about forwards, uh, in the January window, and we ended up bringing in Kibior because we basically didn't have any other defenders apart from the the five that we kept wheeling out. Mm. And so we, we're in that very similar situation, and it, and it sucks, right? I really thought that, and it, you can't account for the timber injury. He was the guy to come in and solidify, but it happened early in the window enough for us to act, and um, I'm quite disappointed we haven't. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's going to leave us like again. I I know we've had discussions before where we were like, surely they can't do this, but then then they have. So I guess at this stage, I'm not expecting anything. But equally, I'd still be surprised if we don't, because just from a sheer sheer number point of view, I mean, it's it's that time of the year when everyone looks at who's still a free transfer. After the window shuts and wonders whether we do something like that, but I'm not sure if there's any players lying about. I mean, Maitland Niles hasn't like found a new club yet. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> it's crazy that situation. I mean, that's a podcast in itself. But you look at all the positions we've had, and if he just settled down, he had the England cap. Um, he could have had a good career with us, but it didn't happen. Well, let's see what happens. I mean. Before we speak next, we're going to have the Champions League draw. We're going to have the end of the transfer window and we're going to have a huge game against Manchester United. Um, we've talked a little bit about how we'd line up for that. I guess, you know, both of us would like Zinchenko and Gabriel to come in in an ideal world. What would you do up top, Pat and Ketia? Start the season fairly well, a bit disappointing at Palace. I mean, yeah. he's going to start in Ketia, isn't he? Yeah, you'd think so. I'd be I'd I mean, be shocked if he does anything else. Jesus back fit now. Um and I'm guessing Pat you would do party Rice and Edgard in midfield. Yeah, I mean I, I just think that Havertz hasn't really set the world alight. I think um I would wouldn't be shocked to see him start at Everton, but I do think he just needs at least a game out. Um just to recalibrate. I actually also, I, I tweeted about this, but I think he might be a good option off the bench for us in games like this, where, you know, if you're winning like 2-0 and you're being pegged back, having him in Odegaard's position or up top could be a good outlet. And so I think he gives you that, that variability off the bench. I just can't see him not playing Rice and Party. And I don't think Party's going to play it right back again. So, mm. and, and I think Rice has already played that eight role, right? We saw it in pre-season. He was linking up quite nicely with uh, with Martinelli. I think we saw him 
put in quite a good few crosses where he's overlapping, like Vieira did. Yeah. Um, and he did it really well against Man City as well, where he pressed really high. I think he was basically man-marking Rodri. So he can definitely do that role. Yeah. Um, and I do think we need a bit of stability on, on transition against United as well, which is why I'd go for that. Yeah. No, I probably agree for this game, but let's see what he actually does. Um, just seeing Sergio Ramos is still a free agent, although it looks like he's going to Galatasaray after turning down Saudi. Just like Zahar did. Don't know what's going on there. Anyway, we'll be back with you next week. Yeah, I suppose. We'll be back with you next week after all of that's happened. It's going to be an interesting one. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.